Saving money on your outdoor project? Now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fence out here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Brian Cat NFL. Pa- Paul is fanatic underscore pick on Twitter. Continuing our breakdown, heading into the NFL draft. We're really getting into crunch time here. Taking a look at the off-ball linebackers. It's a position the Dolphins are in very good shape in heading into the season. I mean, it, they could legitimately take this roster as it stands right now and, and go into the season with it. I mean, at the inside linebacker spot, you've got Raquan McMillan and Jerome Baker. They signed uh, Camus Grujay Hill, as well as Alandon Roberts in the off season. And then somewhere between the edge and off ball linebacker, you've also got Vince Beagle, uh, Andrew Van Ginkle and, uh, and Trent Harrison there as well. So yeah, a, a lot of uh, a, a pretty stacked, depth chart right there especially depth wise paul but you do have three clear-cut first round prospects right now isaiah isaiah simmons patrick queen and kenneth murray so paul my big question to you is you know you're somebody that's very open-minded to not taking a quarterback there at five if that's the case is clemson linebacker isaiah simmons somebody you would consider i love isaiah simmons I, I love his skill set. I love his ability on the field. I think he's going to turn into one hell of a player, possibly a perennial pro bowler. But there's a but. One of the best things that could happen to Miami, if they are not going quarterback at five, and if they do not manage to trade up for Joe Burrow, if the rumors that we're hearing hold true, um, Isaiah Simmons being available means Miami could be able to swing a trade that allows them to fall back a couple of spots and still take a top offensive tackle, much to a few people's chagrin, but still take a top offensive tackle in the top 10 and accumulate possibly even another day one or day two pick um, in this very draft or next year's draft to be able to go after the quarterback next year if they determine that that's what they want to do. So Isaiah Simmons could be that move piece that lets them them do that. They've got a lot of talent to position. I think there's some great safeties in this draft, so you can still fill that need. And, and I'm sorry, the, the linebacker spot is very thick, so it, it'd be very hard for me to justify a top 10 pick. Yeah, I'm having a hard time justifying a lot of uh, putting a linebacker in a lot of these spots here. I mean, yeah, Isaiah Simmons on the consensus board, the combination of of 11 different top draft picks, he is the fourth player in the entire draft behind Joe Burrow, Chase Young, and Jeffrey Okuda. So he's somebody thought very, very highly of. I mean, his workout numbers were were just flat out incredible. I mean, at 
a 6'4", 238 pounds. He uh, runs a 4'3", 39, 39-inch vert. 132 in the broad jump. Uh, his wingspan is is almost 82, which is just insane. That so athletically, he's a phenomenal player, and and he also obviously played very well last year too. Eight sacks, over 100 tackles, 16 and a half tackles for loss. My question with him is, I I, I he he's a guy without a position, and a lot of people say, well, you know, you, you could put him at slot cornerback, you can put him at free safety and you could put it. I'm like, yeah, but is he going to be great there? Is he going to justify that top four pick? That's why on oh. my overall dolphin sport, I've got him 15. So partially because of the lack of needed inside linebacker and partially because, uh, you know, he, he seems like a guy without a position. See, I, I do see the allure of an Isaiah Simmons based on, how Flores likes to do things on defense. I know we beat that horse, so I'm not going to, you know, throw it out there again. But it, Flores likes multi-positional players with positional versatility. He likes football players that he can move around the defense. And, and that's where I could see Isaiah Simmons being, being a fit. But I just think there are higher priorities, and it may be a case of passing up a great player to have a better team and I think that's what we may see here just like if Jeff Akuda who I know we're going to talk about in, in our next episode if Jeff Akuda happens to slide to five again that's a great opportunity to drop back a little bit and accumulate some picks if you're not going after that quarterback position yeah if it's a situation where uh, for me at least and and what I think that could occur with the Dolphins is so, say you get leapfrog for Tua, or, or that you've completely taken him off your board with the medicals. Um, I, I would hope that they, sure, drop down a couple spots and not take Justin Herbert. But we could go on and on. That's my favorite thing about the draft being uh, at the time of this recording a week and a half away. I, I don't have to talk about Justin Herbert anymore. Well, hopefully I don't because uh, I don't want him to be a dolphin. But anyway, um, after Isaiah Simmons and – a lot of people have him projected to go fourth to the Giants. I, I still think they go offensive tackle, but they've got him. Uh, a lot of people in these mock drafts, he's the odds-on favorite to go fourth, and that would be big to shove some of these offensive tackles down Miami's way. But you've also got two very highly rated prospects in in, in this first round: linebacker Patrick Queen from uh, from LSU and Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma. Now, Patrick Queen is somebody that came out early. He's only 20 years old. He's not going to turn 21 until August, but somebody I've certainly fallen in love with over the last couple of weeks here uh, and, and watching his tape reminds me a lot of former Bill and Bengal Takeo Spikes. He uh, was the defensive NB, MVP of the NCAA championship game in the Alabama game where nobody could stop Tua or stop Joe Burrow in that game. Patrick Queen had a huge interception where, where he read to his eyes and Looks like somebody as a two-way as a two-way linebacker could be the quarterback of your defense. He, he would take up the football intelligence level on your defense too. Would kind of remind me of when the Patriots drafted uh, Gerard Mayo about a decade ago at that inside linebacker spot. And Kenneth Murray, uh, Paul, I know you were high on a couple of months ago when we did our top twenty-six board. Is he still somebody that's on your radar? If say he falls into that latter portion of first round? 
He is. I mean, I there's a couple of scenarios for him. For me, for either of these guys, and I'm going to lump the two of them together into one little brick as far as my, my draft board goes, and, and you'll get where I'm going with this. As it stands right now, my position of comfort with both of these guys is if they happen to be on the board when Miami picks 26, barring if they're going after a sliding Jordan Love or even a sliding Tua at that point in time, which is a lot more realistic possibility, I tried to tell y'all, um, you know, it, it's if the either of them are available, I would find them very hard to pass up at 26. I don't yeah. want to use pick 18 for these guys. I really don't. It, it's I think the talent is there to justify it. But what I want to see Miami do as far as the draft goes, unless we see one of those scenarios that we saw in a few of our mock drafts where there were a couple of times where the situation played out catastrophically at 18, where anybody and everybody that filled the need and was worth the pick was gone. And at that point in time, I would consider Kenneth Murray or Patrick Queen, but my comfort level right now is is probably for pick 26 for both of those guys. Yeah, and a lot of people have uh, Patrick Queen and Kenneth Murray ranked 2A and 2B in this draft. And if you look again at that consensus board, they were, I, I do it based on a point system. And basically, I, I add up all of where they were ranked on an individual board, put them together, and they were separated by one spot. I think Queen was 275, Murray was 276, and, and the lower number wins in that. Anyway, they are very, very close. And it's, it, so it'll be fascinating to see which, which player goes where. For me personally, I've got Queen closer to Isaiah Simmons than to Kenneth Murray in this type of defense. Uh, I, I love both as athletes, and I've talked about Queen, but Kenneth Murray is somebody that I, I likely won't, for me, I, I don't see him being on, on the Dolphins draft board. And the reason for that is, is at Oklahoma, he was extremely raw in coverage. And PFF and the Draft Beats podcast talked about this too, that he has very little experience playing with the ball over his head in pass defense. That can be a problem in a Brian Flores defense. But he's an incredibly talented player. Ran a 4.52 at 6'3", 241 pounds, 17 and a half tackles for loss last year. He reminds me a lot of Miles Jack of the Jaguars. And I think if you get him in that Cowboys or that Jaguars type of defense where he can just see see the ball and get the ball, then I think he's a he's a very he's he's a fantastic prospect. Yeah, and that's that that is something that, that could be interesting. I mean, I really like his ability to fly around the field. I, I really like the fact that you can kick him inside, kick him outside, uh when it when it comes to Kenneth Murray. And I think that's something that Flores would have fun with. And really Kenneth Murray is the same size as Isaiah Simmons, which Simmons is a big boy. I mean, Murray's what, an inch shorter but a couple pounds heavier, so he's yep. got a little bit more uh, size to hold up at that point of attack if you put him in the middle. And then it lets you do some flexible things with Rake and Jerome Baker uh, along that defense. And, and I'll tell you, like either of these guys and a couple other guys we'll talk about are going to add some speed and flexibility at the linebacker position, and it's going to cause headaches when – you know, Miami throws out that walk-around defense with, you know, 
six, seven linebackers on the field, and you have no idea where they're lining up. Are they at safety? Are they on the line? Are they at linebacker? Are they left? Are they right? And you could really have some fun with it if you're a creative, intelligent defensive coordinator, which we've got two of those. Yeah, and looking at these two guys, Queen and, and Kenneth Murray, with when it comes to Queen, he's somebody I would take all day at 26. Uh, Murray, I would probably pass on still, but if he were there at 39, that'd be something I'd certainly look at. Uh, when I look at Queen, and I, I tweeted this earlier, is that even though inside linebacker is not a need with Raekwon McMillan and Jerome Baker, who are 23 and 24, if you could in the first round get your quarterback, get your left tackle, and get the quarterback of your defense, man, that that is a home run of a first round if you end up keeping all those picks. So, Paul, looking at the rest of the unit here, I mean, it, there, again, some really good depth at this off-ball linebacker spot. The question is, can you draft somebody who's really going to crack into that that rotation with with Raekwon Baker, Gru J. Hill, and, and Landon Roberts, and who, who else ever might move inside? So to get somebody and to draft somebody here in the second, third, fourth round, they really have to be somebody who, who can move the needle. And I look at Willie Gay from Mississippi State, who's, who's a very interesting guy, tremendous athlete and a mean football player. 6'1", 243 pounds, and plays like it. He also had four four six forty speed, and he had a better vertical lump or vertical jump and a better broad jump than Isaiah Simmons. So athletically, he's phenomenal. Uh, PFF has him as having elite coverage tra- traits, one of the best coverage linebackers in the draft too. The downside to that, he only had six starts at Mississippi State. He spent a lot of his time suspended. He has got some off-the-field problems. Uh, word is that he cheated on a chemistry test. I don't really care about that. I did that in college, too. Uh, but also, he got into a locker room fight where he ended up punching the backup quarterback in the face before a game. Um, and both of them ended up missing the game. So very high risk, very high reward. Somebody that may not be on the Dolphins draft board either, given those off-the-field problems. Yeah, and there's 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 a few other guys. I mean, Akeem, Akeem Davis Gaither he, from Appalachian State is a guy that I, I've been kind of high on throughout this process. Troy Dye is another one that it, it still surprises me that he's as low, he's as low as he is, even though I, I'm pretty sure he had a, a a little injury that that kept him down that I don't think should have dropped him as far as he is on a lot of boards. I mean, he's got the size, he's got the speed and range to get there. Um, Another guy that I, I, I struggle to understand, and I know he's all over the boards out there. I'm sure you saw this when you, when you were putting together the consensus board for the show. Jordan Brooks, inside linebacker, Texas Tech. Uh, 6'1", 240. Guy runs a 4'5", 40. You see people have him ranked anywhere from the sixth to the fifth round. And I think he's a guy that has better instincts than some folks think he does, but he yeah. – he is just a nightmare when he gets out there on defense. It's yeah, I, I I can't say enough good things if if I watch his tape and and it surprises me to see him ranked that low on some people's boards. Yeah, I've watched a lot of Jordan Brooks. He he is a heat seeking missile when he comes up to play against the run. And I, I'd say looking at that group you mentioned, Paul, and I'm glad you mentioned those those three guys and I'll add on another one too is 
Jordan Brooks and Malik Harrison from Ohio State, they remind me a lot more of Raekwon McMillan. They're, they're more that style, that really good two-down run defender who maybe can be on there in a pinch and third down, where Akeem Davis-Gaither and Troy Dye are more undersized and fit more that Jerome Baker type of mold. But uh, to go back what you said on Jordan Brooks, yeah, I mean, uh, 6'1", 240, ran a 4.54. Uh, he, he plays with his hair on fire coming down against the run. And he had 20 tackles for loss at, at, with Texas Tech. I mean, this is somebody who, like you said, uh, could go anywhere from really the second round to uh, you know early to mid-day three. I mean, he does have that type of range because some people are going to have him are going to say, no, he doesn't have the instincts and he also doesn't play to that four five four forty speed. But you're also going to have some people that say, no, we, we're going to limit his responsibilities and, and we're going to have him play as a two down run defender. And that's more going to justify than justify a second or third round pick. Yeah, and a couple of guys that that dropped based on suspension as well um, that I, I've I've liked throughout the process. Joe Batchy, who who missed a decent amount of time from Michigan State when he was out there, he was a tackling machine, and, and yeah, he took a banned supplement. He didn't take anything too egregious, but he's he's a guy that could really kick in and, and affect folks out there in the field. Um, another one as well would be, sorry, I'm blanking on the. Um, Oh God, from LSU, Michael Divinity. Uh, he's a guy that that kicked all over the field. He was kind of playing behind a few folks, but every time he got the opportunity, he was out there. He he missed most of last year with the suspension. Uh, was able to get in in the national championship game, and and he really has a lot more talent than he got the opportunity to show. Even though he's a step slow, so if you're able to grab a guy like that in the fourth round, that's a little bit of a project with a high upside. I I, I can't knock it and. You know, it, it's, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I've, and you should see three LSU linebackers drafted. Uh, Patrick Queen in the first round, Michael Divinity somewhere on day three, and Jacob Phillips also somewhere probably on day three as well. I watched him a little bit. He's fine. I, I, there was just nothing that really popped for me. He was decent against the run, decent against the pass, um, decent athlete. I mean, not a whole heck of a lot there compared to these other guys. Uh, Logan Wilson from Wyoming, I would put in that tier as well. Um, in, in kind of that, uh, that late day two, early day three mix. He, uh, a comparison I really liked is a, a smaller version of Leighton Vanderash. And, and I thought that was perfect. He's got very good instincts. Uh, and somebody I think you can draft in the third or fourth or fourth round. And he's going to end up being a plug and play starter for you. And that, again, more than justifies a third or fourth round pick. But going on the negative side a little bit, too, Paul, I, there are a few tightly held beliefs I have with with some of these positions and prospects. One of them is this. If a player runs slower than a four seven five, I want nothing to do with him because that means that he's not going to be on the field on third down. He's probably not going to be on the field on second down either. And And listeners i don't want anybody to give me a zach thomas comparison oh what about him look there's a reason you got to go back 25 years uh to to get that type of comparison uh but so so the players i'm taking off my board given that are uh evan weaver from california 
Francis Bernard from Utah, and uh, uh, Shaq Quarterman, Quarterman from the University of Miami, Florida. So those three guys, I'm sorry, got to take them off my board, Paul. Yeah, and this is this is one of the the reasons why you and I do so well together is we uh, we do have a lot of similar opinions, but we also tend to look and analyze differently. Which, which I like the way that that it gets both gets to both of our viewpoints here. I do buy into the numbers, I, I really do, uh, but I also buy into what my eyes see. And a player like Shaq Quarterman. I see play faster than, than the time he ran. I mean, it, it's there is a point in the process where your straight line running speed is a factor, but there's also a point in the process where your decision-making and instincts make up some of that time. And, you know, we've, we've all seen it throughout the years. A guy that runs a 4-2 but can't make a decision worth a damn so he's out there twiddling his thumbs and playing with his lip, you know, trying to figure out which way to run with all that speed. And then you've got a guy that reads blocks tremendously, reads the blocking scheme, knows where the ball's going in an instant. And by the time that 4-2 guy runs his happy, fast ass over there, you know, a guy like Quarterman's got the dude on the ground. And so it's – it's you, You've almost got to take it on, on a case-by-case basis for me. And, and if you're grabbing a Shaq Quarterman in the fifth round, kick the tires, see if he can do that at the next level, I'm good with that. I, I'm okay with that. Miami's got three fifth-round picks. And, and for a guy that showed talent and instincts like, like Shaq did, I'll take it, especially somebody that's already familiar with that stadium. Well, I, I've got good news. He actually ran a 4.74, so he barely – fits back in there for me. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree with you. He does play a little bit faster than that. I, I, I'm going to stay, keep with my opinion on, on Evan Weaver and Francis Bernard. Francis Bernard ran a 4.81 and actually he's 25 years old. So, and he punched a cop allegedly one time. So he, he certainly yeah, like got a lot. Of, yeah. He, he's gone. Uh, so Paul, Let's see. Anybody else here that really sticks out? I, I've got a, just a couple more here. Marcus Bailey from Purdue, six foot, two hundred and thirty-five pounds, missed all of last season with a knee injury, but really could have been a second or third round round pick. Uh, he, he's an intelligent. He's a nasty downhill type of linebacker. Uh, I could see him sticking on this roster, especially getting a role here in special teams. Um, and Davion Taylor is a fascinating guy. I would call Davion Taylor from Colorado kind of like the poor man's Isaiah Simmons here. He, he's that linebacker slash strong safety prospect. Uh, has an interesting backstory where because um, of his family and for religious reasons, he only played one game of high school football because he couldn't play after after dark. And he played that one game, played lights out. There was a scout there. He ended up going to the University of Colorado. And now we're talking about him as a third or fourth round draft pick. So he brings that speed and he might have some strong safety linebacker versatility there. So keep an eye out for him too. Uh, Clay Johnston from Baylor is somebody that I watched play. I loved his instincts on tape. So, he, you know, you, you don't see a lot of great defensive prospects coming from Baylor, but he's also somebody there in, in, in the later rounds that, that I'd possibly like. Um, Anybody else stick out for you, Paul, that when, when you were looking? We've gone through quite a few players here. 
I mean, I, I, I'll keep it brief on this. I mean, I, I've been a fan of Justin Sternod throughout the entire process. I, I, I know he missed a few tackles at times, but he, he's a big, solid player and at the very least can contribute on special teams, which we know there's a lot of value placed in, in, in that by this coaching staff. Outside of that, one guy that really opened my eyes as we went through some of our mock draft prospects was uh, Chris Orr out of Wisconsin. He is just a missile coming from that linebacker position. He can cover a little bit, but he really is at his best coming downhill, flying forward, hell-bent for leather, and he can cause some chaos. So maybe it's, it's as a role player, but having a role player that can cause some chaos and fits in the backfield, I will take that. Uh, I think Flores can find a use for that. And, you know, I'm excited to see what happens if Miami's able to to take a stab at this guy. Yeah, I, I was shocked he wasn't invited to the combine. I mean, six foot, 223 pounds, so certainly undersized, but a uh, good football player. And, yeah, when you're talking in the later rounds, I think you got him in the mock draft in the seventh round. Uh, yeah, I think I, I, I'd sign up for that all day there. Um, so, Paul, we've uh, we've talked about Isaiah Simmons. Um, uh we take him at 18, no doubt about it. He's not going to last at that spot. Uh, we ta- also talked about Patrick Queen. I would take him at 26. You would take him at 39. And then I think it's vice versa there. And Smith Murray. Oh, oh, let, take- let, let, let's go back there. Queen and Murray, I would take at 26. Gotcha. Okay. Both of them. So, so uh, uh, let's see. So you would do that. And then i take Kenneth Murray. Maybe maybe at 39, maybe, maybe not. So he's, he's somebody I'm a little bit further down on than other people. But let's go through a few of these other guys. And, you know, as our listeners probably know, the Dolphins draft 5th, 18th, and 26th in the first round. Then in the second round, they draft 39th and 56th. Third round, 70. And the fourth round, they draft 141. And then to round out day three, they have three fifth rounders, a sixth rounder, and three seventh rounders. So I'll uh, list off a name here, Paul, and, and you tell me what spot you would take them at uh, if, uh, under the Dolphins, or what spot you'd be comfortable taking them at for the Dolphins. Akeem Davis-Gaither. Third round. Got it. I would I would go fourth round. Jordan Brooks. Uh, the second pick of the second round. Got it. So 56. Yep. Man, I I could live with it at seventy. Would prefer fourth round on that one too. Uh, Troy Die from Oregon. God, he, he's one of those no man who I really have in that no man's land between a third and fourth round pick. I'll have to go fourth round for him, but I uh, yeah fourth round. Me too. But close Malik, to that third rounder. Malik Harrison from Ohio State. I'm gonna go fifth. Gotcha. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with fifth too. I'm not all that high on him. Logan Wilson from Wyoming. Fifth round. Got it. I, I go fourth. Um, Willie Gay from Mississippi State for me. I'll, I'll say that. I think overall on my board, I've got him 45th. So I've got him very high. I, I'm, I'm really impressed by this guy. I would take him 56th, but I, I, I can't blame you if you don't uh, because of his off the field problems. Yeah, his off-the-field problems pretty much have him off the board for me right now. Got it, got it. Yeah, those are the big guys there. And then we've talked about a lot of these other sleepers here, Paul. So we've got one more segment on the defensive backs. 
there, and then the NFL draft is going to be here. We've certainly grinded this out throughout the whole thing, and uh, that's going to do it for our breakdown of the linebacker spot for the Miami Dolphins. You can follow Paul and I on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I'm Brian Cat NFL on Twitter, and Paul is fanatic underscore pick. Let us know what you think of these linebacker prospects as well. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the thin side. So, D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the thin side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the thin side. Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do again. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.